We all have moments where we feel insecure. Without awareness, those moments of insecurity shape so much of our lives. Hi, I'm Chris McAllister, and I founded SightShift to help people like you and me, leaders and coaches, use the moments they feel insecure to transform their identity, their teams, and their culture. Listen in as I interview people around what it means to be the kind of leader who uses these moments to transform themselves. All right, everybody, so glad to have you here. And uh, we're in the new format now. And in this new format, you're getting to meet people that I just respect and care about. And I can't think of somebody that I'm more inspired by with what she's done in launching out. And we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, Lori Kaiser, so glad to have you here today with me on the podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. It's great to be here. I'm honored that you asked me. Oh, well, what a privilege. It's fun because, you know, it's been a while since we've been able to catch up. So no doubt some of that will happen here as we dive into things. But I want to give people just a little context on on your story and on your place, because uh, you look at what has happened with Kaiser Consulting. And I even hopped on the website fresh today and and to see, you know, the team page founder, CEO, you taking this risk, stepping out, and now all of these people that are getting to do the kind of work, the way they want to do it, how they want to do it, just go you. This is just super cool to see. Um, maybe give us just like the overview, the, the high-level story about like what was happening, you started this, and, and what you're doing now. Sure. So I started uh, Kaiser Consulting when I was working at KPMG, and I loved my job there. I worked in the insurance practice and did audits for big companies, traveled a lot. Um, It was a very uh, all-encompassing job, but I loved it. Uh, But when it was time to start my family, it didn't didn't end up being a very good fit for my life. Um, I traveled a ton, I had a baby, and I just knew that I needed to do something else. And so I did. I quit without really having the next thing lined up. But pretty quickly, I figured out that um, my clients needed some help with things. They started calling me, and I started doing work for them on a part-time fractional basis. Um, And that was pretty unique back then because mostly people worked full-time or stayed at home, and there wasn't a whole lot in between. And so I really liked that. It was a good fit for my life. I found out that I like, while I liked auditing, I really liked special projects and solving client problems better. Mm. And so uh, fast forward today, we have 90 people at Kaiser Consulting and we serve um, 14 of the 17 Fortune 1000 or global companies in central Ohio. And to this day, basically people can decide how much they want to work, what kind of work that they want to do. And our job is to give them exactly the experience that they want to continue their career. Wow. So inspiring. I mean, so yeah, you just launched out, did your own thing. It was easy. You've never had any rocky times or fears or troubles, right? (laughs) Lots of rocky times, lots of mistakes, but the goal is that you learn from them and don't make the same mistakes repeatedly. Yeah. I, you know, knowing your story and, and parts of it anyway, and knowing some of those moments when it's like, okay, we got to figure this out. This is, we got to grow the business and, and to see how you've done that and still so honored teammates is inspiring to me for people that are listening. It's fun because 
I'll see occasionally some kind of post on LinkedIn where you're celebrating a, a teammate's story and they're sharing like, because I work at Kaiser Consulting, here's how I get to live my life. And yeah. uh, wow. Talk about efficient and effective talent acquisition. Oof. Yeah. That's so it's cool. Fun. Yeah. People come people come to work for us because they're parents and they want to have more flexibility. Sometimes it's they have, uh, our grandparents. They want to watch their kids, their grandkids a couple days a week. We have some people who run um, side businesses are kind of trying to do their own thing on the side, but they still need current income. So there's a lot of reasons uh, that people want less than a job to work 50 or 60 hours a week. And we try to accommodate all those things. Yeah. And, and what's really powerful is you're honoring people, but it's not like this is a fly-by-night operation. The collective force of what you're doing together is serving, you said 14 of the 17 of the, yep. yeah, that's so, so this is, this is serious business. This is uh meaningful, impactful business, and it's done in a way that supports these lifestyles. That's, that's beautiful. Um, one of the things we like to really like get people into and start off with here is that Leadership and, and growth, it's a trajectory. It's a progression. At any given point, we have things that we feel really inspired by where we have momentum and we're winning. We also have parts where we're challenged. We're trying to figure things out right now. Where right now do you feel like uh, you, know, you as a leader, as a person, or Kaiser Consulting has momentum and it's got you really excited? So I would say one of the things that has me most excited in the last few years is our ability to pivot around the pandemic. Mm. Um, a few years before the pandemic, I had brought in some shareholders so that I could share sort of the, both the burden and the joys of running the company. And so when the pandemic hit, we were pretty well positioned to um, have more management infrastructure to reach out to each person. Um, it was a tough time for a lot of families, you know, people with two or three or four small kids at home and they're both, Spouses are trying to get their jobs done during the day and supervise homeschool and, you know, schools closing, daycares closing. So I think we did a really great job of uh, retaining our people through the first, for the first year, for sure. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. It's been so powerful to hear all the stories that came out of, you know, this crazy situation setback challenge and then how we had to pivot and learn. Okay. So what right now has you like, challenged where your wheels are turning and you're trying to figure something out and obviously as vulnerable as you want to be whether it's business leadership or life what's where's Lori trying to take the uh, the ship now uh, let's see uh, i would say in the business it's still getting enough of the talented people mm. right so the people we always say um anybody we can look from at somebody's resume and tell whether they're a good technical accountant but in order to be successful at consulting and solving problems, you really have to have more than just the accounting technical skills. You have to want to be on the client's team. You have to want to be a problem solver. You have to want to make progress when you don't even really know what the end result is. You know, three steps forward, one step back. Um, you have to be okay with messy. Um, and so finding the people that are good accountants and good at um, making progress in a very undefined situation, those people aren't as easy. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is me geeking out with you for a little bit in our world. And so we can chat after the recording if this is helpful, but for sure we've seen 
you tend to have certain identity fears in certain professions. It's the, of course, you, you're familiar with the language we use, how we help leaders uh, be built. And uh, financial accounting tends to have certain types of fears, especially if they're not at, at an executive leadership capacity in the organization, uh, just like an engineer might would have a certain type of fear or salesperson or whatever. And you're going to be looking, yeah, for a unique mix there, someone who is able to, who, who probably tried to establish some kind of career to quell any anxieties that they don't know what they're doing. So they're looking for the repeatable procedures they can trust in. And then yet they need this wiring to step in and come up with new solutions. Uh, okay, so I'm getting, I'm getting nerded out with you on that. We, we could chat on that and, and helping. Am I describing what that looks like a little yeah, bit, this combo? Yeah, exactly. So there's a there's a set of accountants who love the month-end close, mm. who love the cadence of, I close the books, and then I do some other things throughout the month, and then I come upon the end of the month, and I close the books again. And we actually have a division of our company that's outsourced accounting, and those people do great in that pillar of work. But they do less good at, you know, um, it's a really messy situation or maybe they're doing, they're acquiring a company or putting in a new system. So sometimes the people that do great at that work would do horrible at the outsourced accounting work. So it's, it's about finding um, where people's passion lies and the kind of work that excites them. Yeah, yeah. So cool. I, this is, you know, when we, when we have, when business is working and we're growing, we can attune and get these specifics figured out. Okay, so this will be a fun question to ask you. Um, one of the things, you, you know, as we go through this transformation, we become more secure in who we are as leaders. We build our lives more around our, our strengths than our weaknesses, and, and we pay attention to that. So, you know, what for you, Lori, would you say, this is something I like about myself the most? I like this about me or being me. I would say it's that I'm a learner. You know, I'm one of those people that if I get in a job that it's routine and repeatable, I really don't do my best. Yeah. I find that I slack off or I don't pay attention to details. I do my best when it's challenging and exciting and there's a big goal and I'm marching toward the big goal. And so I like that about myself. Yeah. I'm inspired by that also. Very cool. Um, what right now, when you think about just the leadership, landscape we're in, um, the the challenges that are facing not only the market, but so many crisis points that, you know, our lives have had over the last few years. What's an encouraging message you think leaders need to hear right now? Something that would be uh, a message that they could take away from from hearing you share and and put that into some thought or action? I think um, one of the things that helped me, hey, sorry, that was an alarm. I love it. No worries. <laughs> one of the things that's helped me is you really have to see each person as an individual puzzle piece in your organization. Hmm. And, you know, they're all different. Some have round edges, some have sharp edges, some have peninsulas, right? So it's your job as a leader to figure out what's important to the people that report to you. What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? What are their insecurities? Where do they excel? How can I best use them? And it's not only important for you in your role to 
take those people and turn them into success in whatever your um, business product service, but that's going to be the best you can serve that person, right? Because if they're in an area where they can excel, then they're the happiest, right? They're going to be the most successful. And so kind of treating each person as that, um, I always think of it like a gem, right? It's an un- They're an uncut diamond. How are you going to cut that diamond so that it's the best, most sparkly and brilliant, true gemstone that somebody's going to want? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so now let me ask you this, because I totally a thousand percent track and agree with that. Would you carve up the org chart and customize it to fit people? Of course. Tell me about like as general as you can be an example where you did something creative or unique with an org chart and it worked well. Well, so our whole business is organized around people. Mm hmm not products or services that we can provide. So if someone comes to us and they say, here's the kind of work I like and here's how it excites me. So instead of us being a service firm that's out there selling, here's all the things we can do for you, we actually do it differently. We try to attract people with great talent and then we also try to match them to the clients that have problems or situations that can best use the talent. So it's not like we have this org chart of I need five of these people to do this this work or this service we do. We go out and say, what exceptional talent is out there? Let's attract them to our firm and let them find clients with problems that they can solve. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I mean, I think that's the thing that I'm hearing a lot from leaders as this search for talent is so difficult. Um you know, it's the willingness to start seeing talent looking differently than you might think it would as a peninsula, you know, as these different shapes and then going, okay, I don't want to miss out on great people around me. I'm going to find a way to fit them to what we need to serve with others. Very, very inspiring. Um, as you've kind of seen this challenge uh, take place in the market and, and where the economy is going, um, I think you have a unique spot. I mean, clearly, you're touching so many different businesses and impacting uh, so many financial pictures in so many different ways. What encouraging message are you having to remind uh, company leaders or founders or owners right now in this turbulent time? I think just um, each person has a story behind them, right? especially in the pandemic with all the uncertainty going on, you know, you don't really know what's going on in their life when they leave your, your office or sign Mm -hmm. off for the day. So just kind of push beyond Mm -hmm. what they're giving at work and try to, to get into a little bit more of their personal story so that you see the person as a whole and not just that person showing up for their day. You know, like I love when our employees will bring their dog into the video or their child or, their spouse, you know, tucks in. I think, I think it makes us see our employees as people and not just team members. And it makes greater bonds. Awesome. I love that. That's so cool. Let's imagine now a different room. You have 10 or 12 startup companies, founders, maybe they're Series A, Series B, somewhere in their trajectory. Uh, and they've got some momentum and they're freaking out right now with just the economy. 
uh, what would you tell them to encourage them? Um, I think I think it's hard when you're um, when you haven't lived through some recessions and some problems. Like I see that in my kids sometimes, yeah. right? I tell them, you know, like when a recession comes, you might lose your job, your friends might lose their job. Like it's tough. Um, and sometimes they think that I'm exaggerating or making it up. So recessions are tough. The uncertainty is tough. The pandemic was tough, right? But in kind of a unique way that none of us had lived through before, I would just say, you know, stay the course. Sometimes the timeline doesn't really matter because you can plan all you want for a timeline. You know, like I think back a few years ago, I had a certain revenue number and headcount number I wanted to get to. And then, you know, the pandemic happened. That's okay, right? Sometimes the timeline has to change. The goals can stay the same. But at the end of the day, people matter most. And so remember that because you can push that timeline out, but you can't get the talented people back that you need to hit the goal if you lose them. Mm, I love that. I love that. And I think that's the thing that I'm seeing companies that have been through recessions before that have weathered that they know what that means there's a company we've worked with for a number of years and when the 2008 recession hit uh they they the owners went without pay for like a year and a half and they told the company we can cut 15 percent, or we can all go to uh we'll still work a five-day work week for four-day pay and everybody said we're all going to pitch in and and now they're like triple what they were then, or probably more. Uh, so really inspiring. Thanks for sh sharing that. Because, yeah, you see people right now that haven't been through it. Like you said, it's a little bit chicken little. You know, the sky is falling. It's like, no, it's going to come back around. Um, I'd like to hear about, like, what's, not that there was a specific moment, but is there any kind of origin story for you where you really started to value awareness and growth and developing yourself as a leader? Because clearly that's, bleeding through and everything you're sharing. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a story that um, I like to tell people, and it's really new business owners can probably really relate. I spent my first probably six to eight years just growing the business the only way I knew, getting new clients, head down, working harder, um, not necessarily working smarter or thinking about what things could I do to change the way I'm doing things? I just kept doing them the way I knew how. And I got to this point, I had about 35 employees and every project reported to me. And I was the controller, like I was doing everything. And honestly, I was miserable. And I, I couldn't get any growth because I didn't have any bandwidth left. Hmm. So I actually went through this, this process where I was I'm the problem. Like I need to fix this. I need to fix the way the company's running. And I thought about selling the company. I thought about merging with somebody. I thought about like, how am I going to fix this? And so I kind of went on this discovery process of, I read some books. I talked to some other business owners who had businesses that were bigger than mine and like talked to them about where they got stuck and what they did. And um, I kind of stumbled across, on EOS, mm -hmm. so employee or um, entrepreneurial ownership system. And I used that to turn my company from an owner-centric business to a management-centric business. I really thought about the processes that we needed, the systems 
we needed. Um, I really had to invest in people to get to the next level. And whenever I get stuck, I think back to that time that I got stuck and what I did and all my frustrations. And I try to apply that process to the current point I'm in. Um, and I thank God that I didn't take one of those rash decisions, that I just kind of kept working on it and realizing that I was as smart as some of those other business owners. And if they could figure it out, I could figure it out. Yeah, yeah. That's, Persistence. that's awesome. Heck yeah, persistence. Uh, it's, it, I, I think I get um, too much joy when I see something work without me, right? It's like this comes in, this gets handled, this is divvied up. And, you know, when it all just happens and I'm like, that's, I don't ever want to get tired of that feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And, and it's so easy to stop when you are overwhelmed, when you're frustrated. And because it's cheesy, cliche maybe, but it's true. If it were easy, everybody would do it. And so right. well, everybody's stopping somewhere. The persistence isn't keeping doing it the way you've always do it. Like that's not, um, that persistence isn't really going to get you the change. It's keeping trying new things till you find the thing that does work. Yes. Yes. I love it. You know, we haven't had to make big changes. Uh, and then, you know, the pandemic hit and, and it was like, okay, Chris, what are you doing here? Are you, are you really building a business or are you just building an agency where you're going to book, you know, things for coaches and, and, uh, really wrestling with those infrastructure and system questions. And it was beautiful. I mean, what it, what it is now is beautiful, but in the moment, yeah. Okay. Are you going to, are you going to keep trying to do what isn't going to work when you can't go to companies anymore and you can't get on planes and lots of changes. Uh, it was embarrassing where I have to tell you this because I, I wasn't set up to even coach by video or speak by video. And so I'm in my master bedroom on an iPad, like March, 2020. And uh, <laughs> needless to say, we had to figure that out. New, new learnings. Um, well, what a privilege to just hear more of your story, what you've been through, and and to hear about that moment where you were like, "All right, I don't wanna, I want to, I'm going to persist, but I'm not going to keep doing it the same way." I, I think back on some of our work together, what a privilege to do that with you. I would love to hear, just because the people that tend to listen to this are people that have been through some of our work and our processes. What for you were the biggest takeaways in our working together, or what still sticks? Wherever your heart and mind goes with that. Yeah, well, just for a little bit of background, so um, for people that don't know me, I worked with Chris about my fears around public speaking, and so I um, had an opportunity to speak at a commencement, and it was going to be over 5,000 people, and I really wanted to say no, but I knew that I couldn't or shouldn't say no, and so I said yes, and then I had to do a lot of hard work to get the skills I needed to actually execute that yes in a way that would make me proud. And so a lot of that around for me was feeling really insecure about um, my sense of self when I was, you know, giving those speeches. I had a lot of um, thoughts around, well, why would anybody want to, you know, listen to me or I'm not worthy of being up there. And Chris was really insightful at kind of getting down to my insecurities and helping me reframe my story around why I was talking. I had to really get behind the fact that if I was up there and I helped 
one or two or five people learned something from my story, then that was success. And that people weren't there to judge me or um, I didn't need to think about that. I needed to think about that I was helping some number of people that day. And um, so he taught me a lot about storytelling. He taught me a lot about mindset. He taught me a lot about how to tell the story in a non-accountant way, but in more of a storytelling and um, a little bit of a roller coaster. Uh, my delivery got a lot better. So um, I think my takeaway from that is it's just like everything else. You need to learn the tricks of the trade. There are um, people that are very experienced that you can um, that can share things with you. And then also like practice. Public speaking is um, something that the more you do, the better you get at it, just like most things. Yeah, right on, right on. And what I appreciate about you is you're the person, and that was so encouraging, thank you, by the way, that you're the person that does the work. Like you did the work to build the skills, to develop the habits, saw the impact of it. I still remember you telling me about the story when you're going up to the podium and 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 something threw it off, but you got back into that emotional, mental state of relaxed but activated and uh, the impact of that. And then we did some stuff with your team. And it's just like, you're the kind of person who's going to keep growing. You want to invest in others. That's amazing. Um, you said something to me that was so powerful. I don't know if you remember this, but on our first meeting, you said, because um, I think this speaks to the reality of what it means to truly be humble and confident. I think we, we, we think of confidence uh, as I have to just believe I can get somewhere and act like I'm already there. And I think we think of humility in a way that's dysfunctional where it's like we're tearing ourselves down. And and I appreciate the way that you've been this beautiful combination of humble and confident because you said, I'm an A in business. And when I'm speaking, I know I'm speaking at a B or C level. I want to speak at an A level. Do you remember saying that? Nope. <laughs> Does it sound like you when I say it back? Yeah, probably. <laughs> and I, it was just, it was such a definitive statement that showed a humble confidence. Like, I want to learn. I want to grow. That's awesome. Um, I, when I think about, like, kind of the, the kinds of leaders that are, are listening to this, they want to grow, they want to develop themselves, um, you're, you're a person who's reading, who's learning. What's got you excited right now? Something you're learning. It could be a hobby, just a little nerd out moment to share or something with, with the organization or with people. I think I get most excited by mentoring and seeing the successes of others. Mm. You know, like when I first put in my management team, um, they were excited that I had confidence in them, but they didn't really have confidence in themselves. And so seeing them grow through um, public speaking engagements where they're up there and kind of going through the journey I went through or seeing them get better at um, business development, like it's almost, if you know, if you're a parent, you, get, you have those satisfactions when your kids hit different stages, but it's kind of like the same thing in more of a professional manner. Yeah, very cool. I love it. I wanted to ask this a bit ago about the speaking, and you mentioned that again. So I'll ask, tell me about a recent speaking engagement where you were like, killed it, and you just had a blast <laughs> doing it. Uh, well, you know, what's funny is is a lot of times when I get those um, speaking engagements, I'm now giving them to the people on my team. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really doing as many as I was probably doing a couple of years ago. 
Yeah. Because now I want to see them rise to the occasion and they need to develop their skills. Uh, I love it. Super cool. Um, are you working on a book or anything? I'm just curious, just because I think no you've got book. a lot to share. No book? Is that I ever an idea? Mostly about sort of how we manage um, this, like we call it our optimum scheduling. Every yeah. one of our employees decides how much they want to work. And because I think other companies could use that model to basically better people's work life. Yeah. Um, but I'm an accountant. I like numbers. I don't really like to write. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's people that will help you do that. And then because you've got the stories and you've got the heart, uh, there, there are people that uh, will help you do that. I mean, I think we're we're in this new format now with the podcast. I think we're maybe 12 or so episodes in. They haven't been released yet. Uh, you're the first person I think I've asked that to because I, I, I just, I, there's more, right? There's more. And in my own life, I feel like just this last few months, I've gotten a bigger vision to say, hey, I think I've only reached about 5% of my potential. And maybe I would have had a way higher number a couple of years ago. But that number closing is going to be more about what I help others accomplish, right? Yes. Which is right what you're describing. And I think, you know, putting those thoughts down could be really meaningful. So I'll be a person who who says I'll read it. I'll vote for it. You got a voice. But I, th I think the impact you can have, if you focus on yourself and your learning, you know, you can only get so far. But if you can magnify that to you know, your seven direct reports, and then they can magnify that into the, all of their direct reports, you're suddenly impacting hundreds of people. Right on. I, I, I see this shift that happens, and I love it. When a leader goes from like, okay, am I growing, to are they growing? Yeah, that's the stuff. Um, it, it, for people that are listening to this, is there a place you'd like to point them where they could learn more about you or connect with you more? Obviously, any companies, they need to check out Kaiser Consulting. Uh, but anything else you would point to? Yeah, well, so I would say um, if you're interested in learning more about our part-time flexible work model or you're an accountant or CPA, we're always looking for talented people, uh, particularly the kind that like to solve problems. Um, if you're a business owner and you aren't using your financial statements to make you know, informed and data-driven decisions about your company, then you might need some help. Um, we always say that your financial statements should be as much about measuring what happened last month, last quarter, and last year, but also should be used to decide where you're going and are you meeting your goals. Um, yeah, so that's it. I, I, If you reach out to me, I'll have coffee with you. I'll have a virtual coffee. I'll connect you to somebody in my network. I'll try to help you the best I can. Oh, that's inspiring. And that would be kaiserconsulting.com where they need to go and yep. they can find that out. Awesome, awesome. Lori, so glad to have you on the show with me today. Thank you for sharing your story. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for being here. You know that self-leadership is difficult. And as you listened, if you found within yourself a desire for more awareness for yourself, your team, or your culture, or the people that you would guide as a coach, you can find more at SightShift.com. S-I-G-H-T shift.com to take the next step.